Welcome to the Dr. Hockey Podcast. Welcome to the Dr. Hockey Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert on today for a very special Memorial Day podcast. Dr. Jason Berkeley on by Zoom, hanging out in somewhere in the valley. Jason, how are you doing? Uh, it's hot out here. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> it's only the beginning of summer, so it's it's going to be a brutal summer. So, Jason, I, I just want to brace you for our guest today. I know. I mean, it does not get much more of a legend than this. I mean, I can't believe he's talking to us. Walking, yeah, I know. There's some something wrong. They must have told him it was something else. But uh, we're happy to have on today, Mr. Grant Fuhr. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good, guys. How about you guys? We're doing great. Jason's still limping because his Red Wings didn't make the playoffs, but that's okay. I, I'm, I'm used to it now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they Grant, have a bright future. Yes, they do. They, and and uh, you couldn't ask for a better person at the helm right now. So I'm. I'm pretty uh, pretty excited about that. So um, good things coming. So Grant, we want to talk to you, obviously, for our listeners. You know, we do want to kind of run down your career, which is absolutely amazing. Inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. What year? What year did that happen? It was it was a little while ago. A long time ago, 2003. Yeah. yeah so it's been a while, and and uh, obviously. Stanley Cups, like like people are, you know, eating ice cream. Unbelievable amount of, uh, no, it's incredible. Right. I mean, uh, played with the Oilers, uh, with Gretzky, Messier, the, the guy that backed up, you know, you had, and also a veritable tandem, uh, your goalie tandems through that. Tell us just in, I don't know if you can, and just, you know, sort of the big bullet points. How, how was it when that was going on, when you were playing with the, the Stanley Cup winning Oilers, did you, did you understand that it was a, a team of legend, that it was as good as you could see it in front of you? You know what? We didn't. We were just having fun playing. I think that was the biggest thing is we'd all bought into that system where we were there, we were having fun, we wanted to get better, we wanted to learn, and we were all taught that you didn't want to be the weakest link that made the fun go away. So everybody played hard and we played for each other. Yeah, it was quite a run. You know, my uh, poor brother was an Islanders fan, so he he got to enjoy the first few years in front of those cups, and then, then it kind of got ugly after that. So uh, pretty amazing, though. The the uh, One of the key moments that I, I remember seeing an interview from Wayne Gretzky, he said after you guys had lost to the Islanders in their last cup, I think it was in 1984, he said that, you know, he walked by the locker room of the Islanders, and he said you guys had all left and you were in your suits and you were leaving. He said, everybody in the Islander locker room, like looked like they'd got, been through trench warfare. And he said, we're going to have to bring, raise it to another level. If we want to get that Stanley cup. It's true. I mean, they paid more of a price than we did that first year. And yeah, we kind of rolled through things pretty well and had fun doing it. But at the same time, we hadn't learned that you had to pay a price to get that final last step and going against the Islanders and having a chance to learn from a very good hockey club. I mean, you don't win four in a row by accident. So we get a chance to learn from them. And that final step of what it takes to be a champion, you see that it wasn't all fun and games, that there was actually hard work and ice bags and all that fun stuff to go with it. So we basically took a page out of their book. 
who were your influences growing up and to, as far as goaltending? And, and did you always know you wanted to be a goalie? Was that something you just kind of fell into? Or was this something that I got to be a goalie? Because we've always heard John Blue's been on with us a bunch of times. And he always said that goalies have a different mentality. There's something <laughs> wrong with goalies. <laughs> so somebody that wants to shoot a puck, a vulcanized rubber at you over 100 miles an hour, there's got to be something different. So what was it about a goalie and who are your influences? You know what? As a young kid, I saw the equipment and I thought it would look pretty cool. So that, that's what got me into being a goalie day one. And if I'd have known some of the bumps and bruises that went along with it, I might have changed my mind. But at the same time, I still loved it. But no, Glenn Hall lived within about three miles of where I grew up. So I got a chance to meet Glenn and spend some time with Glenn. And he was obviously a big influence. And then Tony Esposito, just because we catch the same way. A lot of fun watching him and just all goalies in general. I still enjoy sitting down and watching the goalies and just to see how they react, see how they read things. And I still think it's the best position in sport. Oh, I, I'd agree with you on that for sure. And, and the, the goalies have changed over the years. I mean, these guys are well over six feet now. There's different styles. There's a different kind of game for these guys. Uh, how many years think your style of play would fit in with today's NHL in that sense? You know what? The athletic style will always fit. It would fit any game. Yeah. The difference is they're all 6'5 now. I mean, on a good day, I might be 5'10. So <laughs> you'll, you'll learn different ways of playing the game. Some days you're aggressive. Some days you can sit back. And when you're 5'10, you have to give them different looks. I mean, you can't give mm-hmm. them one look all the time because with, there's so much video now that guys study what you do. So the more looks you can give them, the more you keep them guessing. Right. Yeah, you know, uh, Shesterkin's not a big guy, and he's uh, probably the Vesna Trophy winner this year. I, I I don't know how tall he is, but I don't think he's – I think he might be 6 feet or 6'1". Yeah, he's probably no bigger than 6'1 at the most. Yeah, he does, he's he's definitely a, a an outlier in terms of the height, but it's true. I mean, we – you know, we see these guys now. I mean, Vasilevsky's not, not a small person at all, and he's arguably just, you know, one of the top guys in the league. He is. I mean, I think – Shesterkin 6'1", Vassy's probably 6'5". But what they have in common is they're both very athletic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of a throwback to the 80s and maybe the early 90s where goalies were more athletic, where you had to move a bunch. You didn't just take away angles, that sort of thing. And it's fun to watch. I mean, they're both exciting to watch, and they both carry their teams. So I'm kind of partial to the goalies, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, we, we, we love to, to study how the, obviously we always think who's going to win the Stanley cup. You, you've got to have a hot goalie. It's kind of like paramount to getting there. And, you know, without it, you know, you can score all the goals you want, but if you're giving up, you know, four and five at the back end, it's not going to be easy to make, to win the cup. It's true. In a selfish way, I'm kind of hoping to see Tampa and the Rangers in the next round, just because you see the two best goalies in the league go head to head. And that for me is always fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's two nothing right now. <laughs> I, I saw that in the first period. Good first period for the Rangers. Absolutely, I've got it on pause so we can get back to it when we're when we're done speaking with you for sure. But so Grant, uh, quick question though, we, we, put, you've been in Vasilevsky's position a bunch of times. What's the mindset of a goalie going for your third or multiple cups? And in, in this situation, are you just totally superstitious? If you don't touch this five times, that you're going to lose. I mean. Is there something that you have to do to keep yourself grounded and keep that game going, especially when 
you know, you maybe have taken a break for a few days. What, what's the mindset you have to put yourself in? You know, for me, it was getting away from the game on off days. Mm, I mean, then you can, you're 110% committed on game days, but the off days, you had to find something to preoccupy your mind. The reporters, the media, everybody is all hockey 24-7, especially in Canada. Mm-hmm. So you had to find something to get away. For me, I went and played golf just because it gave me four hours of peace and quiet where nobody could bother me. So I got a chance to just get away from thinking about hockey for four hours. And then once you were done, you got to prepare again, get ready for the next day. So at, it, at that time, we were playing back-to-back games once in a while. Wow. Right. So That's true. If you had an off day, you wanted to get away from the game a little bit. I mean, I can't imagine with those kind of cup runs, you know, that's uh, it's been a while. I, I don't remember. I guess it was the Oilers that won the last, you know, multiple cups in a row of that level. There's been a couple of teams that have done two in a row, but uh, there hasn't been a three in a row, I, I think, since your team. Is that correct? Jason, Actually, was it Red Wings? No, the Wings get three in a row. We only got we only got two in a row, then took a year off, and then got two more. And that's right. We had a nice little run of five and seven, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Well, but that's uh, that's right. You had one year that you didn't get it, get the cup, but still, that's uh, that's a that's you know four and five years is not uh, nothing to snarl at. That's for sure. The um, you know I think when you look at the Oilers of today, uh, you know they they obviously have the the ghosts of the Oilers past kind of looming over them, and uh, you know you you know they're playing to be that team, but it's just a totally different game today than, uh, than in the eighties. Would you, would you agree with that statement? Oh, no, I agree. It's a faster game. It's a more skilled game and they're doing sort of what we used to do in the eighties where they're a run and gun offense. I mean, their, their forte is to play run and gun hockey and, but them playing Colorado, that's kind of Colorado's forte. So that should be an interesting series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, they're still going to have to win some 2-1, 3-2 games. So it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think this it is a, a very very similar styles of play. There's uh, the – I think the X factor for Colorado is Kale McCarr. You know, Dreisaitl and McDavid, I, I have a hard time understanding how they don't just score at will. But, uh, you know, there's going to be, there's gonna be some, uh, some pushback from Colorado. It's going to be an amazing season. I mean, an amazing series with those two teams. Oh, I think it's going to be fun. I mean, you look at both teams are built offensively. Their forwards are semi-equal. It's what defense is going to create the most offense to help out a little bit. And Colorado's been really good about that. And Edmonton's started to get better and better at that. So I think you're going to see some fairly high-scoring games in that series. What about the goaltending? It's a unique goaltending uh, uh, matchup, isn't it? It is. I mean, you look at Darcy Kemper. He's never been there before, so he's going to be finding his way. Smitty's 40 years old now, and it might be his first time in getting to the third round, too. So, I mean, there's going to be some fun to watch that. It's to see how guys react. I mean, I, I like the way Smitty reacted in the Calgary series where he had the bad first night and then just got better and better every night. So it, it's going to be fun to watch. Now, did well, that you? First, that first game was, uh, what was it, like nine to seven, I think it was. Something <laughs> crazy. Yeah, a little, little defensive battle, nine six. <laughs> nine six. <laughs> now, now, did you, were you a goaltending coach for the Coyotes, if I remember that correctly? I was. I spent yeah. a little time there. Unfortunately, really? we weren't very good teams, but yeah, I, got, I spent some time there coaching a little bit, coached a little bit in Calgary before that. But I also remember you, I think you were also a teammate of Hasek when he was coming up and kind of his mentor in a sense, 
How was it working with him with his style, which was just, I mean, insane, how, how he would, would just stop pucks that were seemingly unbelievably, you know, he, he wouldn't get to. You know what the fun part about playing goal is? There's no particular way you have to do it. Yeah. You just have to do it. So it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to work. And I think sometimes guys get caught up in technique. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the goalie coaches coach technique when I think it's about 80% mental. Mm-hmm. I think the, the biggest thing is you have to get hit. It doesn't matter if it's pretty, how it works. Just make it happen. Right. Yeah. You're basically there to deflect the blame away when they have a bad night and just try and convince the guys of how good they are so that they believe it. Now, it's a high, high pressure, high pressure position. That's for in sure. The days after Wayne left Edmonton and things kind of changed there. Did you ever face him when, as the time around in your experience in the league, did you ever face him? Did he ever have a one-on-one on you? Because I, I got to think there's no other human being in this planet who would know how to stop his shot than you from playing in practice and everything. Was there ever a period of time where you played against him and he came on a one-on-one you said, Oh no, here he comes. <laughs> I think our first playoff, we ended up playing against him. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> and actually I think we lost in seven games that year to him. So it, you can control certain guys, but you can't yeah. stop them. And yeah. that's the part, part of it's you understand what he's trying to do but then he's the one that controls it. So if he changes something up on you, then you have to react that much quicker. So yeah, it's a bit of an advantage, but it's also a bit of a disadvantage. Yeah. Well, Grant, what are you, what are you up to these days? Are you, uh, are you goalie coaching? What are you uh, doing? Are you with the NHL at all? Not with the NHL. I'm actually going to coach. There's a new league called three ice. That's three on three hockey that start. Uh, what do we Juneteenth in Vegas is our first weekend. So I just got talked into coaching one of the teams there because, of course, I like offensive hockey, which makes me the odd goalie. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to coach that. And then we've got the Coachella Valley Firebirds coming here to the desert. So hopefully we'll we'll get involved with that team and have some fun with a little bit of hockey here in the desert. Not bad. The three-on-three sounds great. I I hadn't heard about this league. uh, It's something I've I've kind of was – I remember talking, I think we talked to Pat Brisson about that, Jason, about having a, just a three-on-three league with just like the hoop, you know, because basketball is doing that. I know, uh, uh, I forget who organized, but I, I, they, they had great success with just the three-on-three hoops for the guys who were sort of, you know, retired or, you know, just finishing up, and uh, it went great. So this sounds really exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be high-paced, and they've made the games two eight-minute periods, so the games will be fast. Wow. It, it'll be entertaining, if nothing else. And who are going to be the players? Uh, we've got some college kids. We've got some guys that have played in the NHL. We've got some guys that have played in the American League, some guys that have played in Europe. So they're all pros anywhere from probably 24 to about four. I think our oldest is 41 or 42. Well, that sounds really cool. <laughs> the games will be really fun to watch, that's for sure. Well, that's, that's, that's one of the best parts about overtime is watching the three-on-three three during the regular season. I think totally. it's exciting hockey. Oh, no, it's it's exciting right from the opening minute. So and with having eight-minute periods, it's just going to be high offense the whole time. So there won't be a whole lot of defense to it. And as a goalie, you have to have a good sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. But you, you know they're going to make some unbelievable saves too. So that's the best, uh, that's the best of all worlds because it's – you know, you get the opportunity to be the hero for sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, if your goalie's really good, 
you're going to win some games and all the saves are going to be highlight reel. Yeah. Well, who, who's, uh, who's organizing that league? Is it being, is it just a separate entity altogether? It is. It's, uh, was founded by Eddie Johnson and Craig Patrick. Oh, no so way. It was Mr. Patrick that reached out to me and asked if I'd be interested in coaching. And I, I love offensive hockey. I like three on three. So he talked me into that. And there's myself, Brian Troche, Guy Carboneau, uh, hmm. Johnny LeClaire. Uh, who am I missing? Larry Murphy. So there's a few of us funny that we all kind of like offensive hockey too. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. But yeah, Johnston and uh, Patrick were, were, I did my residency in Pittsburgh and they were kind of running the team in the years I was there from uh, 1994 to 2001. It kind of went back and forth between them. So I'm pretty familiar with both of those guys. They're both great gentlemen. So for sure, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun league. That's great. Tell, so tell us, what do you think now? Obviously, today, you're, that, sound, that, that sounds like a blast, and maybe we'll have to come out to Vegas and check that out. That sounds like a, like a good, uh, good reason to go to Vegas. But uh, what, I, I think what, it is. Yeah, for sure. What do you think is going to happen with these uh, playoffs now? I mean, we're down to, uh, you know, with, with Colorado and Edmonton, I, I think, you know, that, that, a tough matchup. And, and then, obviously, I, I'm hoping the Rangers get through also. I, I, I don't know what, Jason, who are you hoping gets through? I mean, look, I, I, you know, I, I think with Tampa sitting there like this, just it's it's a moot point. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's Tampa versus Colorado. Or just, let's just be honest here. Um, you know, this is all just for show, <laughs> frankly. Um, but uh, you know, I think the interesting thing is it's good to finally see Connor McDavid on, on you know, and Drysital on the big stage in that regard. I, I think that, you know, the frustration he has to have been experienced. We've been talking, Jay and I have been talking, I, you know, we're questioning if whether or not they'd even have a chance to win a cup in Edmonton. You know, maybe he might have to just leave at some point because we just don't know if it was going to come to come together. But they've been able to put it together in his playoffs and actually uh, exceed what I was expecting. You know what? They've gotten better and better. Yeah. And for as good as Connor's been, he's found another gear. Yeah. Which, which is saying something. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun in that series. And I think they're going to give Colorado a run for their money. I think it's going to be a six or seven game series. Do they have enough horses to get by them? I hope so. I mean, I've, I've kind of picked them in seven games, but they're going to have to do everything right. So it'll be fun to watch. And it just, it gives me another 10 days to just kind of curl up and watch hockey. Oh, yeah. I, I think also that, the, that Edmonton's defense has really got to buckle down. I, I mean, uh, you know, I think it begins and ends with Darnell Nurse. I, I love the guy. I've been watching him for a while. He's been just a, really a shutdown player, but he's really got to have a perfect series, I think, if they're going to get past Colorado. Oh, definitely. I mean, anytime you're going to play against a Nathan McKinnon, guys like that, you're going to have to be on your A game defensively. I and mean, yes, they can all move the puck. They all contribute offensively, but they're going to have to be good in their own end. And I think that if they're good in their own end, they'll run Colorado to six or seven games. If they're bad in their own end, it could be a five or six game series. And, and do you agree with Jason's uh, supposition that the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, regardless of who gets out of this series? Yeah, if you're still the horse until somebody steps up and beats you, then you got to be the favorite. So, But I'd like to see the two best goalies in the league go head to head. I think that'd be a fun series. You know, we had talked before, too, that it's really been, 
Yeah, you hear about injuries after the series is over, but it's been a pretty, you know, in general, the series have not been that bad as far as injuries, but we really haven't seen COVID play a role here. And that's something that was, you know, kind of plaguing and it's been, you know, on the surge everywhere you go. I had it a couple weeks ago for the first time and I was super careful. Uh, I really hope it doesn't affect these playoffs in any way, shape or form. It would really be a shame for a team to, you know, have that bug go through, go through the locker room or something. What are your thoughts on, on, on anything like the injuries or whatever, or the COVID uh, aspect of this? Uh, you know, you hope COVID stays away. Injuries are part of the game. That's when yeah. you have a physical game, there's going to be injuries. That's just playoffs. It's kind of the battle of attrition. Yeah. But at the same time, the docs are really good about making the players able to play. I think that's the other thing. That's the thing that people don't see is the work the doctors and the trainers do that allows people to get out on the ice and play, even if they are hurt. Yeah. So that that's the magic part of the playoffs that nobody ever gets to see. But yeah, you really hope that COVID stays away. I mean, you like to see the best players get a chance to go out, perform, and whoever happens to be the best, give them the cup. Yep, agree. Yeah, I just I hope it I hope it uh, isn't a factor. That's really I, we're getting so close to the end here, and it hasn't been an issue so far. So it's actually been a pretty good year. Touch yeah. wood. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot like these players. I think all a got vaccinated to the max, but also I think they all had it anyway. You know, so I think they're they're dealing with some pretty strong immunity. Well, you go through a hockey season, you you run through a lot of different bugs. So totally, they got to have pretty good immune systems, and I know they all had to be vaccinated. So you're hoping that that's enough that it stays out of the locker rooms. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be it'll be fun. Who do you think wins the cup? If you gotta if you gotta take the take your money and put it down, who do you think is gonna get through it? Until somebody beats Tampa, Tampa's still the horse. Yeah. Yeah, we all agree. I mean, Tampa Bay just looks amazing. And they're doing it without Braden Point, which is, like, incredible. I don't know if he'll be back for the next series. I sure hope so. But I saw his injury, and it, it did not look like a good thing with uh, the way he caught a skate. No, that didn't look good at all. But they're a veteran team, and you get a guy like Corey Perry that jumps up into his spot and is playing just fine in his spot. So that's that's the sign of a team that's a champion is you got guys that fill in, they fill that role, they can eat those minutes, and they just find ways to win. Yeah, it's uh, Corey Perry's, uh, you know, I live in uh, Orange County, so I've watched him play for a lot of years, and then seeing him go to Dallas and make the playoffs and going to, you know, to um, Montreal and, and getting to the cup final and then going to Tampa Bay, it's like, yeah, maybe you should have kept him around, uh, you know, Anaheim, but maybe he also needed to leave to get a new look, but he was coming off a pretty bad injury and I think he just needed time to heal and they, they dealt him away, which I thought was, uh, I always like Corey. I think he's just an amazing player. He's a character guy that makes the guys yeah. around him better. And the, sure. I was a little shocked that they got rid of him. They, I mean, they kept Ryan gets I thought they'd keep Perry as well, just because it makes your younger players better. Yeah. And, and, and Perry was, I mean, he really did have a bad injury and he had to go through, and I guess they probably just were unsure if he was ever going to heal and, and get there and they needed to to move things forward. But that was uh that's a decision that's water under the bridge. And now Perry's loving life doing, uh, doing some time down in Tampa Bay and not paying all those taxes, which is also helpful. <laughs> yeah, that's probably, that's probably a nice bonus that he got out of that. <laughs> For sure. I mean, that's, that's the thing. You look at these teams that play 42 home games in, Tennessee and Texas and, and uh, in, in Florida. I mean, that, that impacts your bottom line. If you're a California player, that's a whole different day. We know what it is. It helps the teams free agents wise. 
Yeah. I mean, if you're negotiating with a couple of different teams and it gets down to final crunch time, guaranteed agents are looking at like, hey, you get to pay 45% tax here versus 20% tax here. It, it's a big windfall. Oh yeah. That's that, that is not chump change, especially with these, you know, veteran guys salaries that are moving around in that free agency. It's real. Oh, definitely. Especially the end of their career. I mean, yeah. obviously the end of your career, the more money you can take home, the better. So yeah. tax wise, the weather's not too shabby in Florida. I mean, it's good yeah. here. If you like hot, <laughs> where are you? You're, are you in Phoenix? I'm in Palm desert. Oh, Palm desert. No, that's right out, right out our way here. Yeah. Just Palm desert's road. a, it, it's it is not not uh, not a cool area where you are right now. It's what is it probably a hundred right now? Yeah, I think we were hundred hundred and one today, so it's cooled it off a little bit. Any but, hockey out in the desert there? Uh, you know what? They're just finishing up the new stadium here that's got a practice rink, so it all begins coming this fall. Wow! No way. Yeah, the Oakview Group's built a brand new eleven thousand seat rink. We've got Seattle's farm team here next year, so. It'll be exciting. That is very cool. Are you heading up to Edmonton in front of the playoff games? Uh, I won't get up for the first two, but if it gets to game six, I might have to get on an airplane and wander that direction. When when you go to the games there and you're back in Edmonton, what's the fans' reaction when they happen to see you just walking down the the concourse or whatever? Is it just like the the, the water's part? You know, know, here he comes. Don't touch him. Leave him alone. And, you know, how, how does it, what's the reaction there? No, I usually don't tell people I'm coming. I'll go to the game with my kids or some friends and just kind of slide in and go jump in my seats. And people often will look at you and wonder if it's actually you or not, but they're not really <laughs> sure. So they'll usually ask somebody that's sitting around that area. You could go just be, you know, as they say, like, you know, uh, in plain sight and just actually still wear a fear jersey. That would be kind of. A- <laughs> <laughs> that would really throw them off. <laughs> but he's wearing the jersey. Right. <laughs> well, if you yeah, do that, I, we want we want a shot of that. Send the picture if you do that. <laughs> I like going back and just being a fan. Yeah, of course. Understandable. Yeah, it's amazing how many of uh, the the guys who've retired from the league and are are doing things. They they all love being being in the stands and watching the games. It's it's really interesting. I think it was it, Bill Lindsay who said it's hard to be a fan. It never <laughs> he gets to watch a game. He said he couldn't watch a game. It was hard for him. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. My wife knows once playoffs start that my day ends at four o'clock. I move to the couch and it doesn't, I don't move from there till the last game's over. So it's playoff time. Great. It's true. I cut my OR schedule short so I can get to the four o'clock game. I got to, I, it's important. You know, you need to see what's going on you can't, uh, I can't be in surgery. I won't be focused. So, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, listen, Grant, we really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us. We don't want to keep you all night, but in, Obviously, we'll go see what the outcome of this uh, Ranger series is. But, uh, I mean, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, amazing what you've done for hockey in general and just a uh, Hall of Famer. You know, the accolades are, are as long as my arm, and it's really great to be able to chat with you. And good luck with your, uh, with your, three, on th- your three on three league. We want to hear about that. When it starts, yeah. would you come back on and tell us how it's going? Definitely. I'd love to. Well, maybe we'll see you guys. What do we? You open June 18th over in Vegas. Yeah, that would be, I mean, that would be awesome. You know, they're not having the NHL awards there this year because we were hoping to go do that. They're doing it like sometime in the middle of the next round of the playoffs, believe it or not, like after like oh, game I, four or something. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. So we're, we're like, they're not even having like big media or anything. So, of course, we characterize ourselves as big media. So 
Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, it's, like, you know, it's the way they used to do it in the eighties. Yeah, I guess so. Right. That was the thing. They used, they used to do it during the final. I think it's better now that they, I like it as its own standalone deal with the cup winners and everything. It was, it was really fun the year that we went and uh, got to interview everybody. And, you know, that was the year St. Louis won. So, you know, it's also the last uh, time I wore it. It's also the last time I happened to wear, wear a tie. So <laughs> not the exact day. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to, we don't want to do that too often. That's for no. sure. Well, Actually, good luck. Last time I, that might be the last time I had a tie on. Really? NHL awards. Yeah. Well, I actually I have to wear to one next week. Anymore. <laughs> well, listen, thank you again for coming on. Uh, Hockey Hall of Famer, five-time Stanley Cup champion, amazing goaltender, and uh, just uh, we really enjoyed ch- chatting with you, Grant. And uh, we will definitely look uh, forward to hearing about the three-on-three league. And uh, let's see how these playoffs go. Uh, anything else you want to give us for the uh, for our listeners? No, hopefully everybody's enjoying the playoffs and hopefully y'all look forward to a good final. Absolutely. All right. Well, this is the Dr. Hockey Podcast, signing off with your prescription for the NHL. Thanks for listening to Dr. Hockey. Check out new episodes every Thursday and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or at podcastone.com.